You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is Tuesday here on Locked On College Football. That means it's me, Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked On Auburn, and Isaiah Hole, the host of Locked On Wolverines. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good uh, for the most part. Although if, if, if you tried to listen to anyone listen to this, I tried to listen to Lockdown Wolverines yesterday. It didn't happen because I've been laid up in bed with a with a bad back, unfortunately. So other than that, uh, we I mean, we got the phone today. We're making it work. Yeah, back and all. I, I, I think we've got it figured out. I hate you're not feeling well, but I'm glad I get to chat with you for a few minutes for our weekly visit. And we've got a lot of fun things to talk about. As far as who's most likely to get into the college football playoff, um, kind of three bubble teams a lot of people are talking Wait. about. Yes? Wait, that's what you want to talk about? You're not going to make me talk- do it, are you? Are we, are we starting I mean, there? We have to talk about it. I'm sorry. We, we can't. If we have to always talk about what, you know, Michigan being terrible, we, we've got to talk about the Iron Bowl. Sorry, bro. <sighs> what a disaster that was, I say. <laughs> I mean, a total disaster. And I was kind of expecting Auburn to hang with Alabama for like a half. Maybe Mm -hmm. like, can you get into the third quarter with it being within, you know, one score? But Auburn was like, Auburn had control of that game for like exactly zero seconds. I mean, the disaster started when Auburn and Gus Malzahn, they're like, we want the football. They win the toss. They get the football. They hold on the opening kick. So they get the ball like inside their own 10 and then they run two plays inside for, like, no yards, and then they get sacked on third down. It's like, that's why you wanted the football on the road against the number one team in the country? That makes no sense. No sense at all. And then, Isaiah, I think you probably see this covering the Big Ten closer than I do. So, like, maybe when teams play Ohio State or, you know, Michigan in their heyday. But it's so weird to me when teams go on the road and are playing the top team in their conference, in this case the top team in the country, and they're down multiple scores, and they're like, let's kick a field goal. Let's kick a mm-hmm. field goal early in the game and just kind of bend the knee and say, yes, you are better than us. We are just doing this so the final score doesn't look as bad just in case we don't get it. Not playing to win, playing not to get shut out. And it drives me crazy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, the James Franklin special right there. Yeah. Um, although Michigan actually did that against Wisconsin this year. And it was like, oh, it, here's the sad time field goal just to not get, uh, like you said, not not get shut out. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – I'm with you there, especially, like, know your opponent and know the situation. Mm-hmm. You think it, I think that's always important. And uh, regardless of, like, yeah, Alabama-Auburn, it's a big rivalry like we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, they're supposed to be even. Right now they aren't. Uh, and you have to understand that you can't play it like, yeah, I think when you go into a game like that, you can't just play, play it like, well, we're Auburn, we're going to go about our business and hopefully that's enough to beat Alabama. I think you got to pull out all the stops and we've seen Auburn do it before. Right. So that it's not that it hasn't happened. Uh, the Auburn Alabama rivalry has been much more even, uh, parody wise than the Michigan, Ohio state rivalry. Right. Uh, so I know they they're capable of it, and I think that Auburn has the athletes capable of the makings of an upset. But Alabama, at the same time, is just—I mean—they've clowned 
everyone except for really Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, they still won that game by multiple scores, but that's that's the only game where they haven't really clowned. You're, you're, you're totally right. And so now Auburn's in this situation, right? And Michigan's in this situation. Penn State may be in this situation. Tennessee, maybe Georgia, depending on how the season goes in and out. But you see all of these teams. I'm going to exclude Georgia from this point, though. But you see all these teams that are like, okay, maybe from a program standpoint, not necessarily you know the rankings this year, but from a program standpoint, they're a top 10, maybe top 15, definitely top 20 programs. And it's like, okay, can we get into this top six, seven, eight programs, you know, that are kind of at a different table than everyone else? And Auburn is begging for a seat at that table. But right now it's like Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. I mean, those are the the, the three that have kind of been there consistently over the past decade. But then just from a program standpoint, like Notre Dame's always going to get the benefit of the doubt. Is Texas A&M certainly feels like they're there. I'm not quite sure that they're in that top five or six yet, but we'll have to see. But Auburn's looking at this, and it's like, okay, so we can't get to that point with Gus. You can be a top ten program with Gus, but you can't be that elite group. And I'm sure Michigan's feeling the same thing when talking about Harbaugh. And there's a bunch of other college football programs throughout the country that are like, okay, we're close, we're just outside of it, and is that good enough? Because a lot of Auburn fans want Gus Malzahn fired after Saturday. And it's interesting, because when you look at it, it's like, what's the barometer of success? How do you measure your success? Because a lot of Auburn folks are like, well, the success is comparing yourself to Alabama. Which, if you do that, every program in college football, with the exception of Clemson, is uh, it would be a failure of a program. And we both know that that isn't true. And so you look throughout, you know, all of the um, all of the programs throughout, you know, the Power Five, whether sixty something, and I guarantee you, forty plus teams would love to be in the situation that Auburn is in over the past eight years for Gus Malzahn. I mean, in the past eight years, you've been able to play for the SEC championship three times. You've gone to a national championship in seventeen. You were a game away from going to the college football playoff. You were the number, you know, uh, what they were the number two team going into that game against Georgia. Their best player goes down. Georgia takes care of business in Atlanta. But it's just like so many people, so many programs would die to be in that situation. But Auburn is comparing themselves to Alabama. And I'm sure Michigan has some comparison things going on with their big rival who's killing it up in the Big Ten, Ohio State. And it's just like, okay, you got to realize who you are at some point. And I think Auburn's kind of having an identity crisis, and I think several, uh, several teams throughout college football are doing the same. I've been needing to talk this out, so thank you for asking about it. <laughs> all good. And I'm, you know, I'm right there with you, too, with, uh, with all of that, because my big thing is always, who are you going to go get? And what are you going to do, right? Because Alabama went and got Nick Saban. When they went to, that was the start of it all, right? They went and got Nick Saban, who everyone knew, was a really good college football coach and wasn't doing very well in the, in the NFL. And then he bit, and then he just absolutely built it into a monster. Ohio State went and got Urban Meyer. And I know Urban's not there anymore, but it's become even that much more of a powerhouse under Ryan Day because it's got all the same tenets of Urban Meyer with an even better offense. If, keeping in mind that Urban Meyer already was a offensive guru. Ryan Day took it and brought it to another level, you know, building on the same tenants and principles. Dabo Swinney 
Uh, yeah, he built that thing in Clemson. So you either have to find someone that's going to be able to build it or someone who's proven to be an elite, elite guy. There aren't a lot of people out there that are that can do that. So it, it and if you if you go out there and you try to get someone else and it doesn't work, welcome to being Texas or USC. Uh, I, I think Michigan's ahead of that. Like we talk about about, you know, who I, I know, do, too. I do. too. Like they they've at least had some 10 win. You know, sees I know Texas had one in there or whatever, but uh, I mean, that's how you become Tennessee. You just sit there and wander around in the desert for 40 years. No, you're right. I, I think Texas and Michigan are in a different situation than Auburn is. I think this, you know, as far as access and resources, I mean, this is the big thing I'm talking about. And you talk about, you know, you got to go get somebody who's better. And I have, I have a rule. If you call or text in to either my radio show or my podcast, Locked on Auburn, it's, okay, you can say you want to fire whoever, but you have to supply a list of options that would be better, and you have to pitch to me why. And it's been fun. I think it encourages a lot of really, really good conversations. It's just a rule I've always had since I've hosted, hosted shows. But something that kind of stands out different with Auburn than I think Michigan and Texas is Auburn has to recruit geographically against Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, and Clemson. I mean, it's like every recruit they go after, it's like, all right, here's the top five, and it's those five schools. And it's just like, okay, that's just so hard to compete with time in and time out. And then you look at Texas, and it's like, okay, obviously a lot of schools are going in Texas to recruit, but there's just so many good quality players in Texas, you can miss on half of them and still get a really good signing class because Texas is just so deep in talent as a state. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan, you know, and you can tell me more, but Michigan and like a lot of the Big Ten schools, you have to go outside of the Big Ten, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Ohio State doesn't as much. I mean, they do, uh, but Ohio is a talent rich state. Michigan sometimes is, and, you know, it, it kind of varies. But yeah, Michigan tends to go to the same places that, you know, anyone else does Florida, mm-hmm. Georgia, uh, California, Texas. Uh, so, but you try to get some that are kind of within in your base. Michigan goes to New England quite a bit, actually, to try to get people that get recruits that maybe aren't getting evaluated the same way that some other schools, uh, you know, or other uh, regions get. You know, obviously, there's going to be tons of evaluation in Florida. There's going to be a ton of evaluation even in like Indianapolis and Tennessee because that's where some of the the people who do the rankings for 24-7 sports live. Yeah. Uh, but, so they, they try to go outside of that. Maybe that's trying to be a little too cute, a little too smart sometimes. But it's worked out some sometimes here or there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I totally get your recruiting argument with Auburn because, you know, I, I think you've got to – and Auburn does a really good job recruiting too, by the way. You know, just paying attention to the rankings and everything. Yeah, maybe it's not as good as, you know, the top, the top dogs, Alabama and Ohio State and – but again, we can get into a Georgia, uh, you know, what team in college football does less with more uh, conversation. But, you know, that's I think that they do a very good job, at least at getting some guys. It's just I think that maybe they need to win a couple of those battles that Georgia or Alabama uh, is currently winning in order to kind of flip the script back. Because it does seem like Auburn is always right there on the cusp of being that powerhouse and back in like 2003 2004 it kind of seemed like maybe they were the powerhouse that people weren't talking about enough right 
the one undefeated year. Right. They didn't win the national. They didn't get to go to the BCS national championship. Ridiculous. Game, but, but like they might have been the best team in the country that year. Yeah. So I think they're they're they're. Uh, I know that's ancient history at this point, but I think that they are somewhere on the cusp uh, of potentially being that breakthrough. I think if they can just get a couple extra players, we can. We've seen that they have the talent to be able to go out there and, and win it all. Uh, and I know we're talking back more Gene Chiswick era now because that was the Cam Newton year. Right. But at the same time, that's not ancient history. That's not too long ago. So, it, And that's it's, more relevant now for recruiting because a lot of these quarterbacks, a lot of these kids grew up admiring Cam Newton. I mean, all of the, the recruiting classes, you know, the quarterbacks that you hear interviews with and you kind of read stuff about – you know, they, when they leave Auburn, they're like, you know, hey, I grew up watching Cam Newton. And it's like, you only watched him for one year. But it's those kind of guys that have an impact on uh, on some of those guys when you're younger because it's kind of weird that that's kind of the age that these guys are at now. So it's been interesting to see. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. The, the best part about watching the Iron Bowl was uh, the fact that I got to get up and uh, go get Coors Lights over and over and over again. And uh, it was definitely the highlight because – there wasn't a whole lot of highlights on the field uh, for the team that I cover. That's okay. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. And there's only one beer that's made uh, literally to chill. And, of course, that is Coors Light. Coors Light gets that you want to sit down and kind of escape from all of your responsibilities and watch whether it's your team or just um, just sports in general, and Coors Light is uh, there to help you do that. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Isaiah, looking around the rest of college football, there's a there's an article in the cover of ESPN.com. It's uh, it's asking the question, who is most likely to get into the college football playoff between these three teams? And I want to hear your thoughts on it. Cincinnati, Texas A&M, or BYU? A lot of people want BYU into the college football playoff. Uh, I think based on where the committee ranked BYU last week, I don't see that happening. Um, unless they are able to get some kind of you know bigger school on their schedule, um, I just don't see them being able to pull that off. And I think when you look at Texas A&M, if they win Saturday in Auburn, I think they may be in. I, I think it's got to be Texas A&M, honestly, because I, if you're looking at those three schools, I think you hit the nail right on the head when it comes to BYU. They, you know, they ain't played nobody, Paul. I mean, they just. They haven't. Yeah. Like it, it. I mean, you could take a lot of lesser teams and and put them, you know, up in the same schedule as BYU, and they would emerge similarly. Like Indiana pre Penix injury, I think that they would have, you know, if Indiana didn't have to play Ohio State this year, then I, I know that they they had a couple really. They did actually did have some big wins in Penn State and Michigan. They would be in a, in the same situation as BYU. I think there's a lot of of those, and I know BYU is is independent, kind of a Power Five independent, not a Group of Five independent. Their schedule doesn't reflect that this year. So you could take a lot of Power Five teams that would be, you know, that have to unfortunately play 
Alabama or have, have to play Clemson or have to play Ohio State. And they're not going to emerge unscathed because they have to play that team and maybe some other teams within those conferences that are really, really good. BYU hasn't been able, hasn't had to do that. So yeah, they're, they're out going out there and clowning everybody. But are you, are you telling me that if Auburn played BYU schedule, that it wouldn't be undefeated? You know, are you telling me that, you know, obviously Notre Dame is undefeated and they are, uh, and you know, they, 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 you know, they are an independent generally. But at the same time, they did beat Clemson. It might be a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson, mm-hmm. but they did it. Uh, I think Miami uh, is another school that if they played BYU schedule, it would it would be a no-brainer that they'd be out there clowning everybody. Right. I think even some of these teams that have struggled over the course of the season uh, and that maybe are sitting around 500, you know, like an, maybe like an Iowa or a Northwestern. If they played BYU schedule, they'd be there. So I think that just automatically disqualifies them in so many ways. Uh, they, they just aren't playing the schedule that's going to help them. And the, the same thing can kind of go for Cincinnati to some degree. They've had a little bit more competition in the American. And they've looked really, really good. But again, it's kind of going back to what Mark Packer says on ESPNU all the time. The the college football playoff, wasn't it wasn't built for you, group of five. It wasn't. You get to go to a nice New Year's Six Bowl. And you get to, you know, that's 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 your that's your prize for doing really good. You're not going to be in the college football playoff. Uh, I, I'm with you on Texas A&M because one loss to Alabama. Uh, I think that you, you can argue that that's one of the best four teams in the country if they take care of business. Um, and you might be saying goodbye to, to Notre Dame or Clemson or, or one of those one of those schools uh, here at the end. If maybe Ohio State, because Ohio State might not have enough games to qualify. So Texas A&M, if they keep doing what they're doing, they, they very well could back their way into that top four. I think that's certainly a possibility. You're listening to Locked On College Football. Uh, do you ever need to break through a wall? Do you find yourself in a situation where you just need that extra oomph to get up and get going? Well, I'm telling you, built go is the way that you break through that wall. It comes in easy to take around small packages. Uh, You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your golf bag to power through that back nine. Heck, you can just put it in your pocket and use it whenever you need to. I'm telling you, Bilko, which comes in three delicious flavors. I've had all three incredible. I love the peanut butter honey one. You can just put it with you and take it whenever you need it to be able to break through that wall. So how does it work? Well, it's got a lot of vital components that help make it and you better. Uh, Collagen protein, which, by the way, helps make you look better because it actually makes your skin and hair uh, look better. That helps you power through. It's got all kinds of vital ingredients as well. Beta alanine, which helps me power through my work and my workout. It's got 10,000% of B6 and B12 vitamins. It's everything you need. So go to BuiltGo.com. Put in promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. BuiltGo.com. Promo code LOCKEDON. Let's go. All right, final topic that I want to discuss, and it's right up your alley as far as the Big Ten goes. Isaiah, but 
Indiana suffered a, a pretty big blow on Saturday. They were kind of America's favorite dark horse, and it seems like that is slowly, or I guess quickly, slipping away. Yeah, unfortunately they don't have Peyton Ramsey uh, like they did last year to kind of help them through, uh, which is really unfortunate. And I feel for I, I feel for our guys over at Home Field Apparel, who I feel like have been the voice of uh, of Indiana of the Indiana fandom, uh, really taking over nationwide. I mean, I was on the verge yes uh, the last couple of days of picking up a uh, picking up an Indiana hoodie as a result of yeah them kind of being that team. You know, I'm I, I'm kind of been excited watching them, and yeah, it's a huge blow for for Penix, who I think was a dark horse in the Heisman race. Um, We'll have to see what you know what they're able to do outside of that because they still have some vital components offensively. The defense has still been pretty decent, um, but you know they've they've got a couple more tests to get through this season. If Ohio State can't get through their season, they very well still could win the Big Ten. But the question is, who's going to be the guy to lead them? Are they you know without Penix, are they going to be able to to get the ball to in the hands of Wapfelier and Ty Freifogel? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question as of yet, but uh, it is really disappointing when you see a situation like that where you've got uh, you, you've got a guy that I think very very well should have been in the Heisman race in Michael Penix Jr. tears ACL and be gone for the season. It's really disappointing. Yeah, man. So uh, as far as the Big Ten goes, uh, who's the second best team in the Big Ten now? It's Ohio State and everybody else. Uh, well, it's Rutgers. Clearly, uh, they got their second win this year, this uh, <laughs> this last week. Uh-huh. So, so no, I, I I mean I think it's still Northwestern, even though that they they got they had an inexplicable loss to Michigan State. Um, that that's I think kind of been a long time coming for a lot of those players in East Lansing. It seemed like no matter how good Michigan State was the last several years, they've just really struggled against Northwestern. So. Uh, I'm curious to see if Northwestern can kind of get back on the back in the saddle. I mean, they've got uh, they've got a couple really good quality wins, um, but out, outside of that, um, I mean, it's, the Big Ten is just a mess right now. It's 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 really hard to. I mean, it's Northwestern, Indiana. Those are the those are the ones at the moment, uh, regardless of uh, Penix being out. But I, I don't really see anyone else except for maybe Iowa. But I mean, Iowa's already got a couple losses on the season, so that doesn't really yeah. help them. So, uh, really, Indiana and Northwestern are the ones that I'm I'm kind of looking at. Northwestern was if they would have beat Michigan State, they would have locked up their side of the the division, and they didn't do it. Uh, but Indiana could get there if uh, if Ohio State finds themselves in a situation where they canceled this last game. You'd have to imagine they're going to cancel their next one against Michigan State. Uh, Michigan's currently on pause, uh, although I, I expect that pause to to be lifted before too long. Uh, but you know, could you imagine if Ohio State doesn't qualify because let you know if they are able to get back against Michigan State, yeah, but they can't play against Michigan because Michigan's got its own issues. I mean, that, that would be. Something you you could almost not even write, you know? Like, it, it'd be crazy. It would be crazy. So, and I kind of wonder if exceptions would be made. We'll have to see, man. Where can people uh, where can people hear you and find you, bud? Uh, Locked on Wolverines, on the Locked on Podcast Network, 
or wolverineswire.usatoday.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, and you can check out Locked on Auburn wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday, but of course our colleagues on the Locked On College channel will be back keeping this podcast fresh every single day. Till then. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.